Hey, pumpkins. Welcome to another episode of Copulators Die First. Hi. And as always, our episode contains spoilers. Heavy spoiler content. And if you haven't already seen the film, go ahead and press pause now and we'll be right here waiting for you when you're ready. Yeah. And now, on to this week's episode. On a cold Halloween night in 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers brutally murdered his 17-year-old sister, Judith. He was sentenced and locked away for 15 years. On October 30th, 1978, while being transferred for a court date, 21-year-old Michael Myers steals a car and escapes Smith Grove. He returns to his quiet hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, where he looks for his next victims. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Copulators Die First. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Nicholas. Hi. Um, so, like, I'm actually... I don't know about you, but I'm super pumped because it's the finale episode of Homoween 2019. Um, I I am equally as pumped. Yeah. So also just super quick before we get into anything. um, I just Googled the word Halloween because we were talking about Googling Halloween, but I didn't specifically specify like Halloween movie or anything like that so i just like it's like halloween the general google search yes um and some interesting things popped up so like google has this whole thing about halloween or halloween also known as all halloween all hallows eve or all saints eve is a celebration observed in several countries on the 31st of October, the eve of the Western Christian Feast of All Hallows Day. And I didn't realize that the term Hallowayan is real um, because I always forget his name, but there is a homosexual comedian and he does a Chloe Seveny impression and he has like okay. 10,000 minutes. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, oh, but okay. Chloe, I'm down for a Chloe 70 impression because that's mm-hmm. a strange individual anyway. Yeah, so so I forget his name, but he has like 10,000 of these little short YouTube videos on YouTube. Um, and they always start with, good evening, America. This is Chloe 70. And it's recently come to my attention that I'm obsessed with blah, 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 whatever the topic is. And he does one on Halloween. And he goes, it's recently come to my attention that I'm obsessed with Halloween. And he always like overpronounces or mispronounces the words on purpose. And I thought he made up the term Halloween, but apparently he didn't because Halloween is real. Um, Thank you, Mr. Homo comedian. I love him so much. I'm really sorry. I forgot your name. Um, I will make up for it somehow. But anyway, um, today is a very special day, is it not, Ashley? Oh, it is. Okay. So why is it so special? It is because we are in the midst of our 40th to 50th episodes. So as I described to Ashley earlier this week in our production meetings that we have during work hours, a.k.a. procrastination, Um, we're basically in a midlife crisis and while we are very proud of the work we have done so far, um, we're ready to switch things up a little bit. And 
what better time to do that than on the finale of Homoween during this, our favorite month of October. Um, so here's what's happening. We are kind of sick and tired of ourselves doing a full, drawn out, very long um, other terms for too long and boring um, synopsis of the movie that we're talking about. So we are getting rid of that aspect of the show from here on out. These are movies that if you haven't seen, you're at least familiar with. And in this age which we live in, even if you haven't seen the movie yet, it's easy for you to find it and watch it, whether that be for free or for a few dollars. So we're definitely going to talk about the movie, discuss plot points, but the main part of the episodes are no longer going to be a full walkthrough of the movie. We are going to be taking the movie and actually finally reading it for filth, like our description says that we do. Um, and I mean, not that we don't, but like we're gonna we're gonna like actually have segments where the point of the segments is to poke fun at um, or be silly with the movie in our own special homosexual ways. So that is that. Um, we will not let our baby podcast buy, you know, hair plugs or a sports car. So this is the compromise, basically. I agree. It's not that we're tired of doing things the way that we've been doing, but sometimes you gotta do a little freshen it up. Yeah, and and we're super excited. I think it's gonna be far more gay and far more fun, but like far more gay in a still enjoyable comedic way that's accessible to everyone and not just other individuals in the LGBTQI community. Um we definitely don't want to do that to anyone who already listens because we love y'all and you're all of our little pumpkins in the pumpkin patch. And I used y'all and it made me feel uncomfortable. So I apologize. Um, I think that's that, right? So we're just going to like, we're going to rip into this one. Um, I think so. I think we're just going to, uh, you know, yeah. um, take it apart segment by segment. Mm -hmm. This is the literal... Uh, king of the pumpkin patch oh my so God. we're gonna take we're gonna take this pumpkin and we're gonna section it up and we're gonna you know take take it uh take it away yeah so um picture it haddonfield 1978, 1978. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i do realize as i as i age um arthur has always joked that i'm rose um that's fair. I, I feel like the the longer I'm on this earth, the closer I get to being Sophia specifically. Oh, the closer I get to being on this earth, the more I realize I am a Dorothy. I mean, that's totally fine. I, at least we're like the thing is we work because we're not the same golden girl. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And yeah. I am fully aware that I am um I'm friendly, yet I am grumpy. And mm -hmm. it is not for any other reason that that is my personality. I am yeah. a grumpy old man. 
I don't like being inconvenienced. I don't like being made to do things that I don't want to do. Um, <laughs> I don't, Amen. <laughs> I don't like it when um, I'm trying to convey an idea or uh, something of the sort or have some sort of like authoritative, hey, I'm trying to tell you something that I feel is important. And it's just uh, how you say uh, blown off. <laughs> oh, girl. Yeah. Um, um, even if it's not important. And I'm like, hey, I have this thought. Let me work it out. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So that that is like the story of my daily life. Um in work and personal life so it attributes to me being grumpy and i don't mean to be so that's my formal apology for me being grumpy all the time well 100 percent hashtag relatable and i think that's why dorothy is so so grumpy all the time because sophia is an interrupting cow um wait dorothy are you getting dorothy wait dorothy oh my god oh my god wait you, yeah dorothy never is mind the arthur that yeah. is me Yes, no, that is you. And in my mind, B. Arthur's name on the show is B. Arthur because that's where I'm at right now at 10.30 no, in the morning. that's fine. That's okay. Never mind. So <laughs> erase that. Erase that from the record. But um, I, so what I was going to say was hashtag relatable. And I feel like that's a really good place to be uh, as you're coming up on your third decade on this world because... In your 30s is where you do like really finally settle into your voice and have the confidence to use it. Um, Like I I have experienced this firsthandedly in my own life, especially in work. Like I used to be super scared that if I said anything, I would be fired. Not because I'm gay, not because I'm rather um, feminine, feminine or flamboyant or have tattoos or any of that simply because I opened my mouth, I was going to get in trouble. That's totally understandable. I just had this conversation with somebody at work the other day. Like we had like a work organized outing, but like work didn't pay for it. And she was like, Oh, are you going? And I was like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, are you going? And she's like, yeah, but that's only because I'm afraid I'm going to get fired. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. If she doesn't go, not just in general. And I was like, well, can't fire you for not going to something you don't want to go so bye yeah yeah i feel like you don't fully grasp the idea of what free will means especially in north america a or a corporate setting yes uh, yes um because you're like you're chained to this model of i must work to live and live to work um Especially with like our generation, like Lord knows we should not get started on this because we are not an economics or political podcast, but hi, um, the Gen Xers, right? Or no, millennials. Oh my God. Anyway. Millennials. Yes. Um, how everyone's like, well, you live at home and it's, it's like, well, because we have to, because we leave school with hundred thousand dollars of student loan and we don't have a job and we'll not get hired for a job because we don't have quote experience so what else are we gonna do and i feel like i've brought this up before in the podcast so we're just gonna leave it at that because 
the finale of the Homoween 2019 season does not need any more of this talk. So, moving I along. I thought, and I forgot what it was. Um, oh, speaking of student loan debt, though. Um, oh, okay. I dive back into this after I say I'm not going to. I read an article this morning at, like, way too early when I woke up um, that the majority of the Democratic candidates um, for the presidency have some type of plan to reduce or fully eliminate student loan debt because it's like basically a a national crisis now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was reading an article literally just yesterday about how um, the armed forces, mainly the army last year fell short of their recruiting goal by 6500 and this year they made up for it um but it was because they specifically drove home the GI bill of if you complete 4 years of active service uh-huh. you get 4 years equivalent of free college yeah i mean and how I... it's kind of like it's, a, it's a scam i'm saying i'm just saying i mean Not saying- Somebody who served in the armed forces is being scammed because I have an armed forces family, but I feel like that is not the correct way to entice somebody to serve for their country. I feel like they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's not because if that's what is the first thing on their mind, then they're not thinking about all the other potential things that they might have to deal with in their active duty. But um, if that just doesn't drive the point home that things are looking bleak for our generation and um, maybe it's not fully our fault, I don't know what does. Um, And it was because the um, budget for DOD is less than the deficit that people are in now in student loan debt yeah it's like it's like in the trillions like literally 1.6 trillion when i read the other day yeah hi that's a problem (laughs) um you know what will save us horror movies that's what will save us Um, i agree we're gonna talk about the penultimate horror movie of all time see uh see senor um oh my god i don't know what i'm doing i wake up nicholas anyway so getting back to what we were doing i I have um, a question for you we now know what this film was about thanks to my dramatic reading oh my gosh um let me let me know how it goes because if y'all like it i'll do it every episode so i will say this already and Mm -hmm. i have uh the right to have input here because i'm the other co-host of this podcast i'm super pumped about the idea of doing that i think it's such a dramatic and cool way to open the episode so i vote yes um okay but we'll put up a poll because you know we like polls and y'all can vote too um part of the agenda we just like polls I love polls. They're so great. So so as getting back to where we were like 10 minutes ago, Picture It, Haddonfield, 1978. Oh, um, Haddonfield, 1978. And, and what are we talking about? We're talking about, as you've already said, the penultimate Halloween movie, Halloween. 
John Carpenter's magnum opus. Yes. And we're not talking about the new one. We're talking about 1978's Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis's first feature film. I will never not get excited about when in the opening credits on the screen it flashes and introducing Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. I want a shirt that says that. Um, do you think we could do that and not get like a cease and desist order from somebody? We can try. We could just do it. Wait, listen, we can do it in like a different font or uh, not font, but a different color. So it's not like black and orange and then we'll get the same. Or we could like really dream beyond our current britches and like reach out to like creepy company or something and say, do we want to do a collaboration t-shirt? God, I would shit a brick, but yeah, I let's try that. Let's see what let's see what happens because I do love Creepy Company and they are a lesbian-owned company. So, I mean, hi, we're a homosexual LGBT horror podcast. We we should be best friends, especially because all their little random images that they put up during the week are always fantastic and very much in the same vein as my gay horror memes. So, yes. Anyway, um. As we have already said, we're not going to get uh, hot and heavy with the synopsis of this film. This is like the film that anyone listening to this podcast who is a fan of horror should have already seen multiple times. Um, I was trying to figure it out last night how many times I've probably seen this movie. And I've definitely watched it at least three times a year. If not three, at least once, because I always watch it in October. Like, it has to happen, just like with Hocus Pocus. So (laughs) I've at least watched it, like, probably, like, large range here, 32 to, like, 60-something times in my life. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. And I try to not like watch it too much on purpose because I don't want to get to the point where like I can recite every single line like 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 with Spice World or with Bring It On or something like that because then like Death ruins Brothers, the magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um because there's something very special about this movie. It's just it, it's so down and dirty. Like there's not like like it is what it is. There's nothing dramatically cinematic about it. It's just beautifully shot. You feel like you're dropped into what's happening. Every single detail is outlined. Like everything is so crystal clear. Like you never have to think about like, oh well, where are the keys? Or, you know, why did she go there? Or how did Michael even find her? Like everything, as long as you're paying attention, is mapped out completely for you as the viewer. Um, and it's very much like action and then response. So like I love um, that about this. So this film from um principal photography to post production only took them twelve weeks. How? I mean that because- means that John yeah. Carpenter is a genius. John Carpenter created the score in three days. Uh, and and you know what I hadn't paid attention to before about the score? Um, I mean, obviously, the theme song to Halloween by John Carpenter is like an iconic spooky thing. It's um, my ringtone, yeah. Yeah, it's usually my ringtone during October as well. But actually, our theme song is currently my ringtone. So, ooh, ooh. Oh, the, the sassy one that I redid? 
not the sassy one, our, our OG one that we'll be going back to eventually. Yeah. I was um, actually asked by Casey from the Worst Horror Podcast. She's like, can you maybe just leave it? <laughs> and I was like, I mean, if y'all want me to leave it, I'll leave it. I don't care. You, well, you know what I actually would really love to try to do? Tell is me. to make a remix between the original and this like amped up like nightclub one because I think our original one would sound good under the it, it's kind of like techno kind of disco but more so like EM, EMR that is not what I was trying to say um, EM electronic music i don't know i can't think of the but like edm EDM, emr edm that's what was going on in my head um electronic remix music (laughs) yes i would love to try to make a remix and i think that would be so fabulous um and i will certainly take a stab at it i'll do some googling because i'm not so technically savvy in the sense of like I could have produced this but um, I will figure it the fuck out and maybe we have like a listener that could be like oh hey this is what we can do for this because I do this regularly as Um, a DJ I don't know any help will be appreciated and I will send you good vibes in return like and or I'm pretty good with GarageBand so if you want to send me the file for our like Homoween like spectacular one I can try to figure it out because I of course already have the original one as a music file on my phone Um, oh my god that would be hilarious so yeah send that to me later okay thanks bye but getting back to the movie um I think probably one of the other reasons why it didn't take them so long in post-production is because when they got a shot, they got it cleanly and moved on. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, beautiful. It's yeah. just so technically well done. Yeah. And I always think to myself, like, this is California. How did they make it not feel so California, you know? Um Mm-hmm. Because when I watch it, I fully get the Halloween feels. Like, like this is Halloween in America in a simpler, more innocent time. Um, oh, but going back to the score, um, obviously, like, we know, like, the there, there's, there's, like, the main version of the theme where after a few bars of da-na-na-na-na-na, then, like, that, that bass comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize, especially during the sequence where Lori and Annie are driving and they're having like the other thing about this movie is the script is so like it's so authentic and genuine because like the the conversation that Annie and Lori are having in the car about Lori having a crush on that Ben guy um, mm-hmm. like that just sounds like a soundbite from any like girlfriend conversation, whether it be now or the seventies. It felt so organic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and so Michael is following them in his stolen vehicle and they have just the da na 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 na, but then the rest of it never comes in. So it's just like the essence of something creepy is happening 
we are building up to no bueno things that Michael is going to do. But like, like I love when a movie takes one piece of music and alters it in different ways to work for different parts of the movie. And it's not just like a jukebox soundtrack. You know what I mean? Yes. So there's that. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's perfection. We've talked about this at nauseum, actually, in our first episode ever, um, uh, Demon, Potty Mouth, and The Boogeyman. Um, So I think that's probably our first official callback to a previous episode. Um, And if you haven't listened to it, you should probably go listen to our first episode because you will see the beginnings of what has become Copulators Die First. It was um, like the, um, you know, the seedling that was planted. Mm-hmm. I plant. We planted a seed, and now we're continuously watering it. Yeah. Um, I may have accidentally overwatered my desk plant and kind of killed part of it, but it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um. Um. So yeah. Oh, I have a question for you. Do you want to? You have a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you Do you want to play a game? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so, you know that game that teenagers play called Fuck, Mary Kill? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. In the absence of, of our new segmentation. Yes. <clears throat> how do you feel about playing a game of Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters, not the actors? Oh, yeah. No, and and we talked about this. I feel like this is something we should do in every episode, and we should keep people guessing and never say when it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but should we do it? It's a flash mob of information. It's a flash mob of like useless information, but it's fine. Yeah, um, you can so go first. Okay, so fuck Mary Kill. Um, I have a feeling for this movie specifically because it's literally my number one, and on your like top list, it's gonna be basically the same. Um, but anyway, so number one, fuck, we've talked about this before. I feel like I'm not the only one. I think that Michael is attractive in a weird way and I'd probably fuck him. Um, is it the Michael Myers mask or is it, um, when he takes off his Michael Myers mask? So like like an ooh ah sensation. So, like, yeah, there's that one glimpse of him, and in that specific lighting, he looks pretty handsome. But also Nick Castle, who is the shape, is not unattractive as well. But there's also that, like, thing that draws you to Michael Myers in general. Um, Like, I I forget the term for it, but there's individuals who are very sexually attracted to, like, people who are in jail, especially murderers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like people um, who marry like inmates. Yeah, and like you know, like people like send them like love letters and like marry me, da 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 da, all the things. Like there's an or- element of that to it, but there's also the element with Michael Myers of like he's basically like he's called the shape for a reason. Like he's faceless. Like you can project whatever you want onto him. Um, so there's just like there's an odd, uncomfortable, but like also like. I'm being bad because he's a bad boy type of like <laughs> sex appeal to him. So sure. I would def- yeah. 
I mean, I think I would there would be there would need to be some guarantees. He would need to make sure that he has no weapons, that there's no sharp objects around. Um, no, there's no guarantees. That's part of the danger. I, yeah, and also like I'm saying that and I'm realizing, but then he also strangles people in the freaking movie with his bare hands. So like, hi, whatever, including the dog who didn't deserve it, but whatever. Um, either I'm way, my sure. yeah, my my answer still stays the same. I would fuck Michael. Obviously, I need to marry the queen, um, Laurie Strode, um, and kill. I mean, it has to be Annie because she's a fucking nuisance. She's the most she's a horrible babysitter. She's so fucking annoying. I was just waiting for her to start wailing the name Lindsay the entire time. And then she does. And it's always worse than I remember it being. When she's just like, Lindsay, especially when she gets stuck in the washroom. Yeah. And it's her fault. But of course, nothing's ever her fault because, you know, she's that person. So and then she gets like her foot stuck in that shelving. So she's like hanging out the window and she's like, Lindsay. Um, Yeah, she needs to go. So. So in summation, fuck Michael, marry Lori, kill Annie. Okay. I am going to also say fuck Michael in an alternate universe where my vagina would accept that deposit. <laughs> um, because he's he's got that strangulation thing down. And like, you know, sometimes you need a little spice in your life. You, um, you you like that choke play? Is that what I it mean, is? Like, I'm not saying I don't. Let's... I don't think I've ever tried it to be honest. Um, don't, I think I'm don't probably do, don't do it with a belt. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm not. That's not gonna happen. It's fine. No, it just it. Um, you just have to have a partner that you trust because don't pull a a David Carradine. Yeah, like, but like association with like I don't know what he used to accidentally kill himself, but like yeah, it's the thing but... that happens. Um, so michael myers i would Uh hands down marry laurie strode because i have um somewhat of like a hero complex to where i can save her from michael myers Uh and be like i'm gonna do a really nice life i promise but like Um, also save her better than like dr loomis did because he's yeah i'm gonna kill dr loomis i said it Okay, thank goodness. All right. Yeah, because right. he's a bumpy idiot. It shouldn't take him six movies to try and figure something out and kind of like, you know what he reminds me of? Um, like a sheep herder. He's like, okay, okay, come on, Michael. We're going now. Come um, on. You know what he reminds me of? A child predator. Okay. Because oh, of and his he- like uh, weird facial hair and also top hair combo. No, so it's specifically because of the scene where, well, so, you know, like, there's a part of the movie where he talks to the police chief. The police chief is like, you're very eccentric, but I guess I'll cooperate with you because you're not going to shut up otherwise. And then he's like, I'm going to stay here at the Myers house and you go patrol the town. And then those three kids come and they're, um, they are trying to get lenny to go into the house and then from behind the bushes dr loomis is like don't go in there or whatever he says but when he successfully gets the kids to run away because he scared them from behind the bushes 
the smile of satisfaction he has on his face is disgusting. Ugh, yuck. <laughs> Child predator red flag. I cannot. Um, I, so you know that scene, I know you do, but I'm referencing, uh-huh. um, where Michael Myers is in, like, the billowing sheets on the clothesline? Oh, yeah. Would be 100% more terrifying if it was Donald Pleasance making that face in the billowing sheets. Could you imagine? That would... Okay, so... I was the... just imagining, and that's why I brought it up. Gross. <laughs> So you know how in the TV miniseries it where that's kind of the same scene from the beginning uh, when Tim Curry is like smiling and then the sheet goes in front of him and then he has like the scowl on his face and then he takes the girl off the tricycle. Mm-hmm. Same idea. Same idea. Um. A uh, quick dip into something. Somebody had like pointed out uh, spoiler alerts if you haven't seen it, chapter two. But they were saying like they were like, oh man, I can't believe Pennywise like ate that poor homo. And no. it had been brought up that like you think that Pennywise is going to have a moral compass in regards to homosexuals since he's a child predator. No, like, he's he's eating right. for sustenance. That's that's it. That's that's all I had to bring up. But um, I was going somewhere with something else. Donald Pleasance. Oh, the other reason I would kill Donald Pleasance slash Samuel Loomis is mm-hmm. because um, had John Carpenter's budget been sufficiently more than $300,000, which is pretty modest, uh-huh. um, uh, Christopher Lee was actually offered the, play, uh, the role. Oh, that... I think the raving lunatic part of Dr. Loomis would have been far more effective if it was him. Yeah. Christopher Lee is just so iconic and he's so handsome. So um, settle for Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is like in following Michael to Haddonfield, Dr. Loomis becomes a mental patient. Like. Yeah. It's yeah. like the um, equivalent of the uh meme of charlie day from it's always sunny with his murder board murder board um yeah so i guess that's fuck mary kill it sure is we've successfully done our first segment and let's move on to another one that i'm excited for okay we are going to actually read this movie in a segment called the library is open And the goal here is to think of on the fly some good reads for specifically characters in the film. Okay. Okay. Um, Who wants to go first? (laughs) Um, I will go first. Okay. All right. I'm excited. (laughs) Annie. Oh. (laughs) I'm not going to say you are slutty. But I am going to say that the acronym for your boyfriend, Bob, could stand for battery-operated boyfriend. Oh, no, girl. That that goes beyond my expectations for how good this was going to be already. Wow. Fuck. Um, snaps for that. 
but like, all right, we don't need to do it anymore. I just, I just crushed it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was a mic track moment. I feel like you don't need to do it anymore. Um, yeah, another thing that I hate about Annie is her need to create songs. <laughs> okay. Oh wait, no. So I'm just real. I don't. I, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but her boyfriend's name is Paul. Oh, well, then who was Bob? Because she was yelling for Bob, or was that Judith Myers? Um, I don't know. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was Judith Myers. Either way, we're gonna pretend like that's the universe that we're living in because it was too good. Okay. But, yeah. Like yeah. Listening to something earlier, and it was um a segmentation of like uh, it was like. Uh, trivia facts that you might not have known and uh-huh. she's like like then she's like bob bob uh-huh. where, where are you well yeah so um speaking of reads that sex scene in the beginning is like literally 15 seconds so that boy That's a read real quick. yeah um but yeah no annie's song she's like oh paul um you're right. I can't You're wait right. to get you alone, Paul. And she's like, she goes to the car and the car's locked. She goes, no keys. <laughs> um, um, me, me when I'm high as hell and trying to leave anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so also just like Annie, shut up. No one wants to hear you scream the girl that you're supposed to be babysitting's name anymore. She is not your servant. You are a horrible, horrible um babysitter that should have been that should have been the um read for annie anyway you were a horrible babysitter and yeah. i hate i mean like i could complain about annie for weeks i just don't know if i have a read for her um and so in in terms of the library being open i was trying to figure out something that could be a playoff of um Alyssa. Oh my God, what, Alyssa! Ed, I almost forgot Alyssa Edwards' last name, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Were you um, like Alyssa Milano? No, that's not right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but wh- when they're doing the roast on season five, and she goes, you know, something to the effect of, um, uh, "Dear, oh my God, what the fuck? I'm I'm losing all of my my brain. Is um, what the fuck's his name?" I don't know which the one. Guy, the guy from uh, Project Runway. Oh, Santino? Yeah, she goes, Santino, shut up and sit down with your no drag knowledge mouth or whatever. <laughs> Literally. I was trying to figure out a spin on that for this movie. Um, and I couldn't think of it. So that's my Annie, story. sit down with your no babysitting ass mouth. <laughs> or like, like, yeah, like. Dear Annie, sit down and shut up with your horribly shrill voice or whatever. Um, but That's I, true. I was trying to figure out one with Dr. Loomis. Like, Dr. Loomis, sit down and shut up with your no knowledge mouth. <laughs> your no, <laughs> no knowledge. Just in general. Just um, with your no shoot, creepy. He's definitely a mouth breather. Yeah. Or like, oh, I hey, hey, Linda, how does it feel to be the cheerleader filler character that just gets fucked and that's the only plot point that you have? You know? I mean, that could be, maybe that was her prerogative. She's like, mm, a fucking, I'll take it. Right. But like, also, I still can't get over, oh, wait, maybe Bob is her boyfriend. Oh. 
Well, Either way, whatever. I. It doesn't matter. I still can't get over the fact that they go into Lindsay's house and the entire time their only mission is to fuck. And like the plan was Annie and Lindsay are going to be home. Annie's going to put Lindsay to bed. They're going they're going to go into the other bedroom next to Lindsay's bedroom and then fuck in that bed while Lindsay is sleeping next door. That's bold. It's bold and gross. But then because they just walk into the house because they don't know what's going on, they're just like, cool, well, if there's nobody here, then let's just rip our clothes off and start going at it immediately. Um, oh, they're teenagers, I also, so yeah. foreplay is not required. I also love how they finish and then I'm just going to call him Bob. He He rolls over and then Lindsay goes, oh, fantastic. I've never experienced that sort of language <laughs> post-coitus. But also, like, bitch, no, it wasn't. I've, I've, I mean, yeah, it's like hetero sex for about what fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's, uh, but like, so, so we, so like, in reality, we see that whole sex scene. Like, it only takes like forty-five seconds in total, but that's the whole thing. And again, going back to them being teenagers, probably accurate. Probably um, accurate. And I was, I was like, um, so Arthur's watching it with me last night and we're like having a nice little bro night. And I was like, see, like copulators die first. And he was like, I roll. And I was like, excuse me, what are you talking about? Like this movie is the blueprint for all slashers that come after it. Um, how dare you? I'm really glad that we, <laughs> this is the one time in my life that I'm not that I'm that I'm glad that we did not receive free merch like how had we got it printed ourselves yeah because I would take his merch privileges away yeah like how dare you um how dare you and you're like, not being Arthur you're not being my supportive husband and I yeah <laughs> I don't care for it. yeah go go screw yourself and then you'll die first too but also um he was like well technically a copulator didn't die first and I was like okay Annie died first like in the second like after he gets back to Haddonfield and all she had on her mind the entire time was banging Paul so like no the copulation was on on brand yeah she just hadn't copulated yet mm -hmm. and technically she was, she was cheer fucking him and yeah and you like the, so so the one thing I will give Annie is I will give her some respect in the fact that she has that very mini dialogue on the phone with Paul about how like um, let's stop pussyfooting around the fact that we want to fucking just do it. Like that is female empowerment in a way for 1978 that I can respect. That's like no bra at all. Yeah. Like um, I'm, I just want you to fuck me and that's it. Like I don't need, um, yeah. I don't need you to try and court me. <laughs> mm -hmm. But like in every other aspect, she can go fuck herself. You're annoying and disrespectful and whatever. Um, but yeah, so like technically the first person to die in this film is Judith Myers. And what was she doing? She was fucking. And because I'm me, um, I was trying to like figure out like what was the overall um, motivation here for Michael to snap right then and there. And like, I do think that ultimately, even if this was not what was intended and like it's just supposed to be like this kid is killing because he's evil the fact that it was surrounded by him seeing his sister 
you know, be deflowered potentially. Like that might have been her losing her virginity, but probably not. Probably um, not. She seemed because wasn't it like her boy, her boyfriend or something like that? Yeah, and and he lasted even shorter than Bob did. So, uh, I mean, could have been his. Um, but so, like, I I think an aspect of it is that he probably holds his sister on a pedestal, and after after um seeing that she is now dirty and maybe he wants to like rid the dirt from like you know him and his psyche and like to him it's like you know kill kill now because it grows um so that would then also explain his tendency to go after you know these these couples after they've done it as well because like it's it's the idea of like this is dirty and gross and I must eliminate it and I'm thinking about it from like the most primitive part of my brain and that I understand because he's like evil 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 whatever but like something made him snap and I think it might have been sexual intercourse I wish there had been like eventually a movie had been made like backstory like Michael up until that point. I mean, you know, they tr- Rob Zombie tried. <laughs> yeah. But we're not going to talk about those Halloweens either. Rob Zombie, sit down with your no horror knowledge ass. Thank you. Um okay, we can I think we can close the the li- we can close the library at this point, I think. I think that was a good way to finish it out. <laughs> Rob Zombie, please sit down with your no horror knowledge ass. Thank so, you. So there's that. Um, so we've like done, we're just like, we're, we're, um, flying through our segments here. So power couple, power so I feel like we've kind of touched upon this already, but like the next segment is called that spooky bitch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that spooky bitch is a segment where we discuss our favorite moments from the movie. So what is your like? ultimate favorite part of this film my favorite ultimate part of this film would have to be the scene where Laurie Strode is in the closet oh yes uh huh I mean it's a euphemism for my life yeah kind of yeah Mm -hmm. um and it's uh I feel like it's very there's like a sense of like trepidation that's occurring and you're like fuck 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 is he coming for me is he coming for me it's kind of like grown-up hide-and-seek but with the stakes being a lot higher um yeah and like she she like she doesn't hesitate in reacting you know like she's like i'm not gonna die right now i'm gonna poke this uh hanger in your eye and then you're gonna drop your knife and i'm gonna stab you um, no more wire hangers ever. And something I do appreciate is that there's the knife that sh- that he drops in the closet and she stabs him with. But after Dr. Loomis like basically shoots him out the window or whatever, and then he disappears mm-hmm. again, and they do those still shots of other parts of the house, in the living room next to Lori's knitting bag is still the other knife. And if you remember, Annie's father, the chief of police, does say that who he thinks is ch- child hooligans 
has broken into the hardware store, stolen rope, a Halloween mask, and two knives. So both knives are um, accounted for. Mm -hmm. And I just love that attention to a detail. Um, So what is my favorite part of this movie? Um, I just... Any part with Laurie Strode in it. <laughs> I agree. Um, I just love her so much. I think the scene that holds a very special place in my heart, and like it's nothing special, is when she's in the car with Annie. And like, by the way, going back to Annie, Annie's not a good friend to her. Like, I feel like they're just friends because they're the only girls in their age group in this small town. So they're kind of forced to be friends. Um mm-hmm. But uh, they're talking about like how Annie is like she's she's just a free spirit and she she's ballsy and she'll do whatever and like cool that's fine, but like Lori is just talking about how like oh I couldn't do that like I'm like she's basically without saying it talking about her innocence and like how she still has like a bright eyed bushy tail view of the world. And she's caring and she's kind. And like whenever I see that scene, especially when I'm watching it with Arthur, I'm just always like, oh, it me. <laughs> it me. Um, and and I just love I love this character for that. Like she really is like she she's just she's 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 such a good role model. Laurie Strode is a good role model for teenage girls. She's a good role model for babysitters everywhere. And I'm not saying that Annie's not necessarily a good model for teenage girls because there are aspects of her that girls should learn about, like sticking up for yourself and being ballsy and you can do what you want. But Annie is fundamentally a selfish piece of shit. Amen. Um, Amen. And 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 Lori is not. And the other my favorite part is when Lori is in the kitchen cleaning up after they carve the jack-o'-lantern and she sees Bob carrying Linda into the house across the street where she assumes that Annie is not there because she went to go pick up Paul. So like that Lindsay's house is turning into like a teenage brothel for like 15 minutes. Um she 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 says to herself like well everybody's having fun but me <laughs> and it oh, breaks what was me like like it's like her Eeyore moment and it breaks me <laughs> Eeyore we want we want and like she's just like she gets she gets it like she understands her place in the world and how she interacts with it and like in a respectful manner is like, it's okay. I'll figure my life out. It's going to be fine. Little does she know that the night that she is currently living is going to change her life forever in ways that are irrevocable, but that's not the point. Um, I just love her. So basically any part with Laurie Strode and um, that's not me giving a lazy answer. That's me giving a long-winded dissertation about why that's my favorite part. So thank you for attending my TED Talk. Goodbye. <laughs> this is my TED Talk about why Annie is the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at this point, we have three segments left from our little list. Jack-o'-lantern ratings, 
recommendations. Okay. Which okay. I'm excited about and listener Kiki. And I okay. feel like we can kind of cross listener Kiki off the list right now because y'all don't really write into us. If you want to write in and tell us how much you love us, give us movie recommendations or music recommendations or podcast recommendations or any type of recommendations, please write in. Let us know. Our email is copulatorsdiefirstpodcast at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram. We're at copulatorsdiefirstpod. On Twitter, we are cdfpod. Um, so get at us, let us know your thoughts and feelings so that you can be a part of a listener Kiki. Um, I think that's it. I think we could just say bye. I mean, well, do we have any recommendations? <laughs> um, well, I thought that was the recommendation, but, oh, um... well, I guess, I guess technically that was two of them tied up into one, but let's say that like, you know, you've watched Halloween you're not done for the night. What's the next thing you're going to watch? That's your recommendation. Um, uh, I liked, it's available on Hulu, I believe. Um, it's actually a British horror film called Don't Knock Twice. Okay. All right. Um, I can't so... give you more information than that because it'll just ruin it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a suspenseful ooh-ah-ah sensation, and I enjoyed it. I love ooh-ah-ah sensations. Um, so I technically have two. Number one, I know that with the 2008, uh, Halloween, we're supposed to think that all of the sequels have been done away with for Halloween 1978, but Halloween two is still good. Halloween two is good. And, and there's, and there's more young Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode in it. And that in itself is reason enough to watch it. It's also something that Jamie Lee Curtis is really good at is taking the events of her character's life and accurately depicting how that character would change fundamentally. Mm -hmm. And as a teenager, Laurie goes from quiet, calm, collected to a raving lunatic in the second film, but like hashtag accurate. You know? Hashtag PTSD, hashtag same. So I and get then, it. <laughs> yes. And then we will have to do a full episode on the 2018 uh, Halloween at some point. But I feel like we've discussed this like again on the podcast before that Halloween 2018 was such a game changer because it was a horror movie. It was a slasher film, but it was also it, it was it was it was a full legitimate look at and um, investigation into how trauma really completely reverberates through a family generationally. And it's just, it's perfection. So that's my first recommendation. Go watch Halloween 2. Second, we were uh, going through Hulu last night and there is I think it's a part of like Hulu's like Halloween stuff or whatever. Yes. But there's a movie called Pure. Okay. And it's like these girls who get captured and are forced into arranged marriages, but also being like in a brothel. Situation. I looked at this, but I was like, is this like a horror documentary? Is this a horror? Is this a documentary? What is this? 
I, I'm pretty sure it's a horror movie. I don't think it's real life. If it is, it super concerns me. And I'm not sure if I'll really super be able to watch it then. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's just a straight up horror film. And it's almost like a rape revenge, but without the rape. So that uh, kind of kind of intrigues me. Because we both have said we're not very comfortable with rape revenge movies. Um, so go watch Pure. Because that's what I'm going to watch today with Arthur. Um, oh, good. I don't know what I'm watching today because I am hanging out as per usual. You can find me at Deanna and Danielle's house every Saturday. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but I do not have definitive uh, movie options for today because everything is packed away and I really can't <laughs> be bothered digging through my shit to be well, pulling stunning. out a fortunate. That's stunning. Brown cow stunning. Hashtag brown cow stunning. Me. Brown cow stunning. A sensation. Um, so we technically haven't done Jack O' Lantern ratings yet. Five. Yeah, it's five. This is a this is <laughs> yep, a ten across the board. You can't tens, not give tens yeah. across the board. Oh my gosh, it's ten, tens, tens across the board. So I would say that not only has this episode been sufficiently gay, but I super enjoyed our new segments, and they're not going away anytime soon. But certainly, let us know if you have thoughts, concerns, critiques, etc. And as long as they're respectful and constructive, we might take them into account. If not, y'all can go fuck yourself. But that is all for today. You're going to slide into my DMs and tell me that my dramatic reading was terrible. I'll accept your critique, but I will continue to do so. But it was also not terrible. And if you think her critique is terrible, then in the words of Alaska Thunderfuck 5000, your makeup is terrible. Your makeup is terrible. And if you're not wearing makeup, then it means your face is terrible. (laughs) If you're not wearing nails, you're not doing drag. Yeah. And and this is my hair. I don't wear wigs, you know. So that's, um, that's a bop, man. I listen to that I, regularly. I love that one. That is one of my favorites. Um it's my hair. I don't wear wigs. Yes. Also, Sharon Needles did come out with a new Halloween album, which I haven't listened to yet, but that's also another recommendation. Um I heard she's a trash person, so that makes me sad. Yeah, Arthur lived in Pittsburgh when she was just starting her drag career, and they mm-hmm. used to hang out at the same bar because, of course, that's how Arthur's life always goes. He just knows people. Um, hashtag not bragging. That's literally just what happened. And he did say that when she came back from Drag Race and he was still living there, she turned into a complete nutter bitch, which is sad. I mean, fame does terrible things to good people. Yeah, if you're not grounded, it certainly does. Um, But yeah, so I think with that, we are done here. This has been the finale of Homoween 2019. Um, Kitties and adults alike, Halloween is this Thursday. Um, Stay safe. You should check your candy. We learned that from last week's movie Trick or Treat. Hashtag callback. Um, And just, you know, have fun. Wear a spoopy costume. If you want to send us pictures of your costumes, that would be kind of cool. Do it. Send us pictures of your costume because I will not be getting dressed up. Yeah, neither will I because I'll be at work that day and I have an important meeting that day. So I have to be a real adult that day. I will um, be at work, but they're like, they're encouraging us to dress up for like a Halloween contest. Listen, my uh, team at work, we have been sectioned off into little teams. Um, 
per like dedicated customer assignments, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, but with that, we have been tasked with a uh, team cube decorating contest. And I, yeah, I don't mean to brag, Gus, but listen, I think my team's going to win this year. I mean, probably i don't even really know fully what the situation is because i'm not there physically but oh i will send pictures on monday so you can post them on the gram yeah no i i think this week our mission is to post and repost as many halloween costumes as possible so like i'm not joking please send us halloween costumes and it'll make my heart swell 10 times larger um kind of like the grinch but halloween style um i kind of wanted to just so i found a plus size mario costume but it's like a line dress and not and not like a like a plumber uniform but one i didn't purchase it and two i have nowhere to wear it and three you could wear it to your very important meeting (laughs) i could (laughs) but that 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 might not uh garner the reaction that i'm looking for um which i guess honestly is questionably homophobic oh could be but we're not gonna go there because i like my job it's fine that's Um, an onion we don't need to deal with that today they respect me for who i am they know i'm a homosexual it's fine i talk like this so they don't really need to guess um anyway happy halloween (laughs) happy um, all Hallow's Eve. Mm-hmm. Stay safe, stay warm, stay hydrated. Yeah. And with that, pumpkins, Nicholas, do you want to do it? Oh my gosh, we're going to switch it up completely. Yeah, so we can excited. do it. Um, keep on creeping on, pumpkins. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.